Welcome to Digiday Live, our podcast where we bring you the best sessions from our many summits around the world. I'm Aditi Sangal, and today I'm bringing you a session from the Digiday Hot Topic event on subscriptions and commerce that we held in New York City on February 26th. For local news, the chief selling point of a subscription is a broad range of coverage and content. But what if you started selling digital subscriptions to a small slice of content? Hear from Grant Belair, VP of Digital Audience Development at McClatchy, on how they've done it and what they've learned along the way. I'm Grant. I'm the Vice President of Digital Audience Development at McClatchy. So it's a little bit different than some of the other speakers that you've heard. Uh, I don't have one favorite child. I have 30 of them. So each of the programs that we do, ladder up to see how we can actually drive digital subscriptions for every single property that we own. Uh, I could talk for six hours about all the universal subscriptions we have, but what we're gonna talk about are the side products, which has been thankfully teed up by some of the other presenters who have come in. Specifically, uh, the wonderful overview by the Washington Post that talked about, well, we have all of this, but you can get it as a subscriber and maybe we'll price it as a one-off. I'm gonna tell you how we price something as a one-off and have been generating sales, subscription, and retention and revenue from that. To kick that off, though, uh, the way we frame this conversation internally is dusting off a really great metaphor from back in the good old Web 2.0 days, right? The long tail, that with endless supply comes endless demand. So Grant, help me wrap my head around exactly how that works. People are subscribing for everything, right? Um, this is a wonderful chart from Mary Meeker's Consumer Internet Trends. Whether we could do the show of hands, I'm willing to bet about 95% of you are carrying a Netflix account around right now. Show of hands, who's a Peloton user? That's my favorite question. Yeah, there we are. One, two, three. Awesome. The point I'm making here is if there is interest in something, you can continue selling it as a one-off at a fixed price, or you can provide access on an ongoing annuity for it. I recently subscribed based on the power users in my house for DoorDash. We're now unlimited DoorDash subscribers for $9.99 a month. You too, right? Uh, <laughs> All of a sudden now, I don't have to worry about that delivery charge. The decision's been made that much smarter, and I guarantee you, I'm gonna save the 9.99 off just two purchases. My point being, people are being conditioned to expect that they will subscribe to something, from plumbers to lawyers to stitch fix for the clothes that you might want. Using that as a trend, you can go two approaches. You have your paywall, you can make it work, or you can get people to pay. Now you go back to that long tail diagram a second ago. This is a general export out of our uh, Adobe Analytics suite. And you start to see a similar trend, right? There are the content entities that you have, the pages that you have. Your consumption starts off with the head, gets right down into the middle, and then a long tail of infinite choice. One of the things that was told to me, again, I've been in this space now for about eight months. Prior to here, I was at Yahoo for seven years, AOL for five years before that. Grant, the way we get people to subscribe is if we can get them engaged in three sections of content, they're gonna build their habituation. From that habituation comes a daily habit. From that, they're going to get tired of hitting our paywall and then they're gonna subscribe. And I thought that was pretty interesting. Which is to say, again, you can dance with the paywall. We can figure, uh, my main mantra on the paywall side of it is, you can't have a one hammer for every single market. If you are in Merced, California, maybe five pages over 30 days works best. If you are in Bradenton, Florida, maybe it's two over 30. If you're in Miami, Charlotte, bigger markets, bigger penetration, bigger audiences, configure that in such a way. But if you wanna get access to everything that's inside that graph, you have to pay. My question is, 
What about for the folks who over-index in one particular type of content? I'm fortunate enough with an analytics team where I can deep dive and cut and dissect every single market. And we can build cohort charts that say, if you took the, you know, if you break your segmentation up in the way that we do, you have your fanatics, your loyalists, your occasionals, your tourists, and your drive-bys. If you look at those fanatics, double-click into those. You could potentially see a segment that over-indexes across the board. You could find the ones who over-index in <laughs> mugshot photos was the one that was a little bit surprising to me at the local market. And then also sports is one. So again, if I go back to that same metaphor where I gotta get people into three content types before they subscribe, that might be a waste. Someone made the comment earlier about leaving money on the table, leaving subscriptions on the table. Show of hands, who likes to get paid? Right? I do too. My point being is, I wanna take the money. I wanna engage in a paid relationship with a subscriber. We could do the free trial, we could do the paid trial, but I think if you can get your customers accustomed to paying for access to the content they want, you can get the whole thing, or you can get that individual slice, that sliver. So as we did the mental math and the trade-offs and then working with product, working with analytics, well, Grant, how long is this gonna take to launch? I don't know, what does product think? Well, if we built it in the way that we want, it could take us probably four sprints. Two weeks per sprint, you're looking at eight weeks, two months. Got it, that's not gonna work. This is the NFL preseason right about the time that we launched. Miami was the first market we were experimenting with a test only for sports. Uh, it is August 7th, two months from now, and I, you know, I'm not a Dolphins fan, but they might not be in the hunt of it uh, at that point. How can we move quick? What are the trade-offs that we would have to make? We determined what it would take to gerrymander the paywall around that particular segment to create the entitlements for that segment. If you pay for it, you get what you pay for. Second, how quickly could we follow up? And then third, what's the potential revenue that we might lose? That experiment was gonna take about two and a half weeks. We decided let's just, let's run fast and break stuff. If we launch it here and we don't like what we see, gentlemen's point over here, know when you can cut bait and run. We figured out when we could do that. If we isolate it to a single market, determine what the take rate is. Number two, cannibalization. Oh man, what if we have a full paying subscriber who then wants to quit and downsize to this sports product. That's a real risk. But let me tell you what I thought the options were. 100% full subscriber, 0% revenue as a subscriber. If anything, we're right in the middle. And if they were going to quit, they're gonna quit. This is an opportunity to save them based on the data that if they over, sorry, I told you I wouldn't turn that way the whole time. If they over-index in sports consumption, let them keep getting that. And at some point, we will figure out by recirculation, by remarketing, we'll get them into other sections. So my point being, I don't care if they do that. Like at the end of the day, I, I get to keep my job based on how many subscribers I get. Not many full paying subscribers, how many subscribers, and then still meeting my revenue goal. If I lose a single all-in paid sub, but I make it up with four sports pass subs, I win. And I get a bigger pool of people to draw from. So again, if they over-index in sports, what should we do? The other thing is, do we have any sports content to sell? And the answer is yes. Uh, we're blessed. Across 30 markets, we're currently live in 10 with a product called Sports Pass. Each one of these wonderful images that you see up here represent either a pro franchise, a college franchise, uh, across a variety of sports. So we've got everything from the Sacramento Kings to the Kentucky Wildcats to the Kansas City Chiefs to Duke basketball. Giving people access to the stuff that they want outside of just what they get for free inside of the paywall. And then on top of that, podcasts, another area as everybody already has mentioned. 
We had a wonderful podcast on a not-so-wonderful topic, but Ray Carruth, ending his prison term, coming out of jail, now out to as a free person. We had a serial piece of content that was both written in the Charlotte Observer, repackaged, reimagined, and redistributed through our podcast. Again, a subscriber benefit that people got an opportunity to look at. The other side of this is you never know what is going to be that tipping point for a subscriber. Uh, one of our colleagues who joined us from the Dallas Morning News, Dallas, an enormous market in Texas, a sports-rich market. The single piece of content that drove the highest correlation to subscriptions, pause for effect, was SMU football, which has not been relevant since 1984 when Eric Dickerson was there and they were competing and they were paying their players quite well. But this was the magic ingredient that of all the different content they could produce, it was SMU football. I'll give you a minute to look that up and see how good they are. Um, but it was something sticky that brought them across the line. You never know what people will be interested in, whether it is high school football, which that image could not fit on the screenshot, or high school soccer, high school basketball. Figure out what they can uh, wrap their hearts and their minds around, build a daily habit out of it, figure it out. Write a skew and sell it. So what did we do? I already revealed it. It's Sports Pass, but we figured out how, looking at that content graph, if I just isolated sports, put it on, um, and someone else brought up the topic of how do you leverage data. Apologies, I was being mic'd up when that came up. Last year we made an investment in a full marketing tech stack. Inclusive in that is a data management platform, DMP. Now that could be anything from Crux, it could be Adobe Audience Manager, it could be something. But my friends, that's mission critical and you need to get that. Managing your segments by spreadsheets is admirable, but it's very hard to weaponize and very hard to plug into something that you can go to market with. We created across the markets that we had, find customers, consumers, unique visitors, people who may have an identification number. Do they over-index in sports? Yes, check. Are they a paid subscriber in full? No. Hit them with an email, hit them with an ad, find them on social. Facebook pixel retargeting is also brilliant for that. Time that around the moments when things happen. Anyone happen to see Zion Williams' shoe explode in the middle of the court on the game last week? We did. And people were searching for it, and people were looking for it, and the more that we could join in that conversation, highlight our product exists, pay off why they should take it, and then give them an introduction to a product. Sports Pass right now across the empire is running on a $30 for the first year, $50 for the second year. What that accomplishes for us, I don't have to worry about month-to-month -month churn. Uh, they are in. They are in for a year. They quit. That's unfortunate. But we still recognize 100% of the revenue because it is an annualized subscription. The renewal rate, I look forward to coming back and sharing with you because this did launch in August right before the Miami Dolphins preseason game, followed up a week later by the Kansas City Chiefs, and then dovetailing with the kickoff of college football season across the board, whether it was TCU, whether it was Penn State, places where we had primacy, we launched. And in that, I was told I could not share actual numbers. So trust me that the culmination of all these wonderful colors and all this wonderful chart uh, is thousands thousands of subscriptions, where we went from, can we sell one unlimited? Yeah. We're doing that, and we are also then, these represent the Sports Pass subscriptions, where you see a new market come on, pent-up demand is where you see the party hat there, and then it starts to normalize out. The next level for us is to figure out how we will trigger this on our paywall. Another conversation around the variable paywall. A disproportionate amount of our starts come from that paywall. It's the chance to remind people the content is not free, that membership has its privileges, and where we can then weaponize that data, using that term for the second time. I'm, what hints are you giving? 
What context clues can we get so that we catch the user at the right time with the right message, the right product, and then the fun part on price. Bless you. Um, thousands of subscriptions started by selling a niche product, which is a half step to a paid relationship. You can envision, and these are the conversations that we are having right now as well, that if you go back to that chart with all the different types of content that are in there, it opens the door for a paid relationship to another section. 100% of a paid subscription could be equal components of individual niche topics. The other thing we could potentially explore is, man, at the end of the day, I love all the content that you have, but I really, really love the stuff coming from this one journalist. Is there a chance that we could create a SKU, that we could create an offer, that we could create a package down to the reporter level? And the reporters dig that, and we would be interested in that as well because it's another way to start a paid relationship with our subscribers, generating revenue, generating engagement, generating sales. And that was it. Any questions? Yes? Can you talk at all about cannibalization and what happened? I can tell you that, uh, another great point. We set up our acceptance criteria before we did this, which said, look, at, at the end of the day, if we're seeing double X percentile, less than 20, but more than 10, we need to pump the brakes. I can tell you that we never got anywhere close to that. And again, I think it comes back to that point of it's an annualized subscription. Uh, people are excited about what they're getting. We know the over-index and the usage of that content and might have been frustrated by hitting that meter wherever it was. We continue to watch those cohorts. And does that engagement dip after they bought it? Man, I hope not. In fact, it's actually gone up. Uh, now, the other question, which might be a follow-up to that, is the opposite of cannibalization. How many people have taken this opportunity to wrap their hands around that content, really dig it, and then upsell? had acceptance criteria for that as well. And thus far, that's trending in the right direction. So again, the floor hasn't fallen out, uh, and we are seeing see people make their migration up that path, uh, and results, again, knock on wood, fingers crossed, still positive. Great question. Yes? You mentioned that SMU is one of the, the big yeah. drivers. Do you think that that's because it's you know, more specialized local content that maybe isn't getting the same competitiveness as, as national stories would? 1,000%. At, at the end of the day, if you own the local market, um, you know, I don't know if anybody else uh, bumped up against another outfit called The Athletic. Uh, mission number one for them, get funding. Mission two, poach as many local reporters as they can because that's the primacy of the content in that area. ESPN's not covering SMU to the depth that Dallas Morning News would. And just to clarify, they're not a part of our uh, portfolio, but we recently hired someone from there. I think you just nailed it, that the local media outlets are the ones who travel with the team, who are in the locker room, who are having lunch with the folks who know all the inside scoop. That cannot be replicated at a national scale. That's what people are paying for, and that's where, in the Dallas Morning News standpoint, you know, when, when SMU gets back up there again, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people tagging along. It's like publicly traded companies who have one analyst. Uh, to the extent that you have that primacy, that coverage, you won't get it anywhere else, that's what people will pay for and just give them the opportunity to pay for it, like we do with the Sacramento Kings, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Miami Dolphins, all the places where we have uh, reporters embedded there. Yeah? So multiplying SKUs must put a lot of stress on your marketing automation platform mm. as well as customer care. How do you do that? Yeah, the proliferation of SKUs has not been a, a, a soul crusher yet. Uh, to the extent that almost everything is automated, then it comes down into ensuring your campaigns are QA'd, ensuring that everything is clicking the way that it should. So from the variety of up, upper funnel tactics that we would have, apologies, uh, want to make sure everything is crisp and clear from the first click all the way down. 
So when they click on that, is the offer the same? Is the promotion the same? Are we matching the landing page to the creative? Now on the customer care side, you have to train them to be ready for that ahead of time. And that's the other part of the campaign launch process, is at least two weeks before it launches. A, be aware this is launching. B, when it does launch and people have questions, here's the FAQ that we have for that. And most of it is consistent. The only variant's gonna be the market, whether it's uh, State College, Pennsylvania, you know, Boise, Fort Worth, uh, and then communication. If something new comes up that we didn't account for, document it, share it, and that's when our weekly stand-ups with the customer care team comes into play. Anything new, new business. Oh, we hadn't heard about that. We hadn't accounted for that. 100% before this meeting's done, have a date for it, and my team typically by end of day to close that out. So the skew proliferation hasn't been a problem because Sports Pass is uh, in the kingdom phylum species. Sports Pass, insert market, insert offer, and where they are on either renewal or starting. Uh, one second, I'll come back. I feel like I've ignored this. What kind of local campaigns are your most successful? Uh, I'll go back to the one I mentioned about Duke, and then recently whenever we were, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were in the playoff, they were, no offense to Patriots fans, but they were carrying that sort of Tom Brady retirement party banner around. Striking while the iron's hot and while people have the peak interest. Going from uh, semifinals to the AFC playoffs, boiling point, lots of engagement. So whether it was in the print product, 100% on the digital product, and then all of the uh, lookalike models that we could find just to drive impressions and conversions. What was it like yeah. um, a, uh, uh, what kind of advertiser was it? Oh, meaning people paying uh, to be a part of the program? Meaning was it a, dealership or oh so no sponsorships yet yet uh, so no we haven't crossed that bridge yet but you can see how this being um, some content is not brand safe some content some advertisers are not going to want to put their brand next to and be excited to draw traffic there sports about 97% of the time is going to be that kind of content that whether you're a car dealership whether you're a sporting goods franchise insert another type of business you don't particularly mind being associated with that story or those brands, but we've not had a 100% sponsor on there yet. Great question. Yes? What was the uh, difference in price, uh, the percentage difference in price for like the sports pass versus the overall situation? Yeah, without being too overly specific, I'd say it comes in right around, if you just look on the ARPU for a given year, we're coming in roughly a third of what the full subscription would offer. Which is kind of fair because it's literally like 126 of the content type. And then if you take it by individual content types and then go back to that chart of where you're stack ranking the page views, you're pulling out a chunk of supply, technically. Uh, but to the point that was raised before, when you get a subscriber and you turn them loose, and don't worry about the paywall because they are going to blow your page view out of the total out of, the, out of it. Uh, but we are able to claim, again, your difference is between zero and 100% of ARPU. I'll take a third of an ARPU, getting someone into a paid relationship, figuring out that dance, letting them renew, and then constantly try to upsell them. Is that a good answer? All right. Uh, you, sir. Do your sports reporters who are part of the sports fest, do they have any goals or incentives tied to these subscriptions? And do you work with them to train them on messaging to audiences? Uh, so in reverse order, no training. Uh, Again, most of the sports editors that we have have their built-in um, followers. They have their own communication style that they'll have with them on Twitter or any other social uh, footprint. Now, incentives and goals, uh, we did not create any for them. Uh, we were fortunate enough that they just took that on their own. 
Uh, they wanted to blow this out. It's the uh, opportunity that at least the spotlight has been turned towards them. They have now equal ownership in trying to make this thing launch and live. And uh, yeah, when you see those big bumps on that first day, it's not because you know, people were happy to find the ads and finally be able to subscribe. It's because the journalists actually took it to market uh, and have continued to help us do that. Great question. And then I opened it up for questions without you guys actually giving me permission to. But I want to make sure, are we trending well on time or should I? Good? Okay. Uh, one last one? If not, yeah? You, you had mentioned the Athletic. I know the Athletic is priced at about $60 mm -hmm. a year, so you guys are at half that, which is smart move. On year one. And then on year two, it's 50. Yeah, yeah, smart move. Um, although, they're, because they're venture backed, I think they're paying a lot of money to poach mm -hmm. those reporters, those editors. Yeah. Do you feel that you've had to also move in that direction and protect them from, from leaving? It's uh, a great question. Uh, and, and my initial reaction to the team when they brought it up was, who cares, right? At the end of the day, someone's going to always try and make a move on your talent. So how can we retain them? We'll acknowledge that the content matters. And then number two, they don't really have a product unless they have you as the writers. And then it's also a new brand that's spending hand over fist, certainly remarketing me on the sites that I'm on. Uh, there's no guarantee that that's actually going to be there in two to three years. And you're starting with brands on this side. Like if it's the Miami Herald, they've been carrying anything that's sports-related since 1915. Uh, so what we tried to do is make sure that we had an offering, and if people are willing to pay for a sports subscription offering, we'll do that, regardless of what the competition does. Or otherwise, we're going to end up chasing every competitive threat that comes along. If we think it's a good idea and we want to launch it, let's launch it and see what happens. Um, but no, it wasn't a quick oh, that freaks us out, how can we retain, and then let's just calibrate roughly the same. It was, we've been thinking about it for a while, and then that just happened to be something that came along that accelerated the conversation. Awesome, well this was, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One yeah. more, I'm just curious if you saw a difference in behavior of people who are consuming sports content compared to just local news or other verticals. Yeah, no, 100%. It, um, Close your eyes and imagine maybe like a four-column bar chart going this way with that same long-tailed diagram. Party hat with sports, and then maybe 15% of that bar chart, tiny other, just going down. So the risk was, we just hope we can get those other top two categories to get just as tall as the other, and then get them to subscribe. Or forget about it, just get them to subscribe to that. And then maybe over time, they will be treated like anyone else. They'll hit the paywall in local news. They'll hit the paywall in local business. They'll hit the paywall in something else. We'll roster them into a segment and start remarketing them in that exact same way. Great question. Yeah, awesome. Uh, thank you. Thank you, John. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you liked our show, then please give us a review and rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast. It really helps new listeners discover the show. And I'll see you back here soon with another episode.